Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Free podcast. I am super excited about today's episode because this is going to be more of a story vibe. This is going to be really sharing my own experience. So it's going to get a little vulnerable. But the reason why I'm doing this is because I know there are so many people out there who are afraid of increasing their calories, who are afraid of eating more because they're so afraid of what will happen to them. And that's exactly how I lived my life for 25 years. And I want to share my own experience so you guys can understand that, you know, you are not crazy for thinking the way that you are and that there are other people that are absolutely going through it as well. So super excited. It's not going to be like, you know, real educational, but it's more going to be more of an insight and my own personal experience to how I navigated increasing my calories. I'm going to share my emotional roller coaster of what it was really like. And I'm really going to take you behind the scenes of how I navigated through it all. The first little life update is we are staying in the middle of Amsterdam right now. And it's so freaking cool. I literally like walk out my front door 20 minutes and I am at the Anne Frank house. Like I'm so central. It's crazy. This time around, I've really fallen in love with the Netherlands and that is because it's like got all of my favorite things all in the one spot. Like I love going to the markets, getting fresh fruit and veg and all the fresh berries and of course getting the fresh flowers and I love coffee. Like I am a coffee fiend. I love it so much and yeah, people might judge me and be like, oh my God, you spend so much money on coffee and I'm like, babe. I love it, so I'm going to do it. It's like my little warm happiness of every single day, especially if you pair it with a podcast and a walk. But anyway, they've got coffee shops. And I say it like that is because like in Holland, a coffee shop is actually a weed shop. So, but in Australia, of course, I call it a coffee shop. So we're going to call it a coffee shop. Um, But they've got so many cafes that sell coffee, not joints, Um, literally like on every corner. And they're just really cute like this. The vibe of them, the aesthetic, the way they set them up. It's just really cool. <laughs> Let's say it that way. But yeah, absolutely loving that. Um, so yeah, we leave Amsterdam. Oh my god, we're flying back to Australia. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to come home. Don't get me wrong, I love traveling and I love exploring new places, but I'm also a routine-based person. I am very habitual. I like to do my things in a certain order, in a certain way. So moving around has been really challenging for me into challenging that aspect of me, Um, especially, you know, moving place like every two weeks or every 10 days. So I'm really excited to have a little bit more certainty and stability within my life so that, you know, I can really work on all the things that I spoke about in last week's episode in terms of the strong girl era coming back, which I'm excited about. Anyway, that's it from me. There's nothing real going, like there's nothing crazy really going on except, yeah, moving. And I'm not looking forward to the jet lag, but I'm learning how to navigate that and get used to it because I've been very jet lag for a lot of this year. So we're moving through that. Um, guys, if you haven't written a review yet, can you please just take two seconds of your time and give me your honest feedback in terms of how you're enjoying the episode. The reviews really do help me grow this podcast. And you know now my mission is to help women fuel their bodies correctly without restrictions, find free freedom and get strong as fuck. And the more people that write reviews means the more people that we can get hearing it, which means the more people that can have this utter sense of freedom and confidence within themselves. And like always, take a screenshot if you're listening and tag me. I freaking love it when you tag me on Instagram. It's so fun. Um, And I love to know that you guys are listening and I love to know your biggest takeaways because at the end of the day, like I'm planning this each and every week to help you guys. 
And so, like, if there is ever a topic that you want me to speak to, absolutely, ask me on Instagram. Let's chat, talk about it. And then we can really bring it to light on the podcast. So I love it all. So like I said at the beginning, I'm really taking you behind the scenes of what it was really like for me during this stage of my journey. And the reason why it's really important, I believe, to share this and for you guys to know this now is that we need to normalize that it's fucking hard. It absolutely is so hard if you're in a place where you're constantly thinking about food, stressing about the calories, tracking everything to the T, avoiding social situations because you're afraid of the food. We need to normalize that it's fucking hard. It's controlling. It's like, you know, a demon that's sitting on your shoulder all of the time, really dictating your life. Where there's a part of you, the other side, the angel that is like, you know, there and, you know, trying to guide you. But, you know, the devil is like always just bringing you back into those constant thoughts. So we need to know that you're not crazy, that this is an absolute real thing and you're absolutely not alone. I work with so many women who are afraid of increasing their calories with their goal to build muscle and lean out. So this is something that I'm working with on almost a daily basis. So guys, you need to know that you are not alone and it's okay to be afraid. Absolutely. But it's like this thing of we can let it consume us and control us or we can understand why it's happening to us so that we can really understand it so that we can transcend it so we can let it go so then we can finally step into this fittest and freest version of ourselves and the last thing I wanted to say here is that you know we do this because we are you know we're striving for a a body aesthetic to have the confidence to feel happy to be able to go out in the world and just you know show up as truly ourselves and you know if you're struggling with body image and you're struggling with food and you're struggling with all of the things it's really hard to be that version of ourselves i really think we need also need to speak to that is absolutely okay for having a body goal it's absolutely okay for having an aesthetic goal you see it all over instagram and it's like yeah performance goals performance goals like that's better love yourself all the things but i think there's nothing wrong with having aesthetic goal as long as it doesn't consume you so Who doesn't want to look good in a bikini, right? Like I know I do, but I also want to have this sense of freedom. And that's what I, that I want for everyone. So what you guys are going to know by the end of this podcast is through my story, I'm really going to give you some tangible tips and maybe bring you into awareness of some things that you might be struggling with and operating from some limiting beliefs that you might not yet be aware of. And some real tangible tips and things that I did. So maybe that can help you in your journey so that you can integrate them. So you can start increasing your food with confidence so that you can finally build muscle and lose fat once and for good. So I'm going to take us back and I'm going to take us back to 2020. And I just want to rewind time a little bit just because I really think it's important to set context to the story. And I know that I've shared my story before in terms of like getting my period back and all the things, but this is going to be specifically how I felt and how I navigated eating more food. So let's go back to when I hit fucking rock bottom. I remember waking up and getting out of bed and I had a full length mirror like just as I got out of bed and I looked at myself and I was like, holy shit, Loz, like you have taken this way too far. You are so small. You are so weak. You are cold. You are thinking about food all of the time. Sure, you finally got under that 60 kilos you're under that goal weight that you've been trying so hard to achieve yes you hit a size eight but what else has that given you that has given you no social life no libido constant thoughts around food it was literally the one thing that i thought was going to give me the happiness and was going to give me the confidence aka a smaller body actually did the opposite 
So let's rewind 12 weeks before this exact moment. So this is when I was, I hated my body. I hated my stomach. I would do anything and everything to get a flat, smaller stomach. I would say my relationship with food was already quite bad here. I didn't really necessarily realize it at the time, but <laughs> I look back and I get like highlights on Instagram on like, oh yeah, you know, your story from 2021. And it's like, that was when I was in my vegan era and my bowl of food was literally tofu, like broccolini, alfalfa sprouts, capsicum, pumpkin and I don't know some other vegetable but the point was was my plate was full of vegetables and protein there was no complex carbohydrates and there was absolutely no fats so of course I felt like shit all the time so my relationship with food was it was actually quite bad but I didn't realize it like I was afraid of carbs carbophobe I was constantly afraid of eating too much I was constantly questioning and asking myself like what the hell do i even eat like i just wish i knew exactly what i needed to eat i needed to know just someone tell me what to do and i'll do it i'll just implement it just tell me and this is where i was like fucking over it i hated my body so much and i was so sick of like this emotional roller coaster of being like oh what do I eat? I don't know what to eat. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Like, you know, you're full of information from, you know, all the things on social media. Do this, do that, listen to this podcast. And there's just like so much things going on. But eventually I finally reached out for help. This for me as an introvert, and you might not think that I'm an introvert because I'm um, on social media and showing my face and all the things, but I'm actually very introverted because I need a lot of alone time and I need lots of quietness and lots of silence to recharge my batteries. So my introvertness and really, really low self-esteem at the time, it was fucking terrifying to reach out for help. I remember going onto the coaches page and looking at their Instagram, no joke, like every single day, like who knows how long, like a month, maybe more, but constantly like, you know, doing the stalk, watching the Instagram stories, filling out the application form, oh, but not sending it through. That was me for a really long time until I just got to the point where I was just, I'm fucking over it. I hate myself that much that I need to change. And like, I just wish I could give little Loz a hug. <laughs> So I remember starting with my first coach and at the time I was vegan. So I was like, yep, perfect. They're vegan as well. This is going to work out for me. And this is it. This is how I'm going to transform my body. I'm going to be super stoked with what I look like. And I'm finally going to be happy because my stomach's going to be smaller. So I signed on with this coach and this was in the phase was like, I thought I really needed to lose weight. So that's what I said. My goals were, I was like, I really want to lose fat. I want to get you know, a lean toned stomach. Like I really just want to lose it there. So of course they promised me like, absolutely. If you follow this exactly, if you follow the plan, follow the exercise, you're absolutely going to get there in these 12 weeks. So what? I was fucking excited. I was like, fuck yes. Like I found something that's really going to help me. I'm finally going to be happy. All of the things. But what I didn't know then is like it destroying myself. So some red flags that I didn't even realize at the beginning. And I wanted to share this because like finding a right coach is, is hard. It is really hard, especially if you've never found one before and never worked with anyone before. It's really, really important. What I know now is to really mesh with the person and really connect with them on a deep level because you need to be able to be honest with them. And this is something that I didn't know at the start of my journey is First of all, a red flag for me as an insecure, low self-esteem female who had very bad body image was my coach was a man. And I'm not saying that being assigned with a man is a bad thing. Like having a man coach as, and being a female, it can actually be such a good thing because they're so logical. They can, you know, break down your emotional state so easily and all of the things. I'm not saying anything bad against a male coach. I now personally would get a male coach, but then I wouldn't. Because I was, you know, was so afraid. I was so afraid of communicating. I was so afraid of speaking my truth. I was so afraid of saying anything <laughs> because of, you know, my low self-esteem. And then like what made it harder for me was like 
the way that I got to speak to him was only through unlimited text message. There was no face-to-face contact. There was no calls. It was all just by messenger. So in essence, it's like, yeah, I had this support, but at the same time, I didn't feel connected and I didn't feel heard. And I definitely didn't feel comfortable reaching out for help and asking questions. And definitely not when I was struggling. And this was fucking hard because I invested a lot of money at the time for this 12 week program. Like this was four grand and I was so invested. I was like, yes, I want to fix this problem. I'm going to invest this much and I'm going to give it my all. But at the same time, like I didn't feel comfortable. When I received my meal plan, I was like, of course, super excited about it. Cause I was like, yeah, this is going to help me reach my goal. But like after two weeks, fucking over it. I was eating two serves of protein powder a day. Like, yeah, like I get that on low calories and a vegan diet. It is hard to get your protein intake. I fully understand that. But having something that you don't like and trying to stick to it for a long period of time is never going to work. But of course, because I invested so much money and because I hated my stomach so much, I just sucked it up and just did it with, you know, with that anticipation of being like, yes, like when this 12 weeks is over, then it's, you know, things are going to get better and things are going to change. But of course, things are just going to go back to normal if you're not enjoying the way you got there. But again, I didn't know that at the time. (laughs) So eventually I got the balls, go Loz, stood up for herself and was like, I asked my coach if there was a bit more flexibility because I wasn't really enjoying what I was eating. Do you know what he said to me? No, you have to follow the plan. (laughs) So as there's another red flag, right? It's like as an absolute foodie, I need variety and I need food that's going to satisfy me and that I enjoy. Another red flag for me during this process was I wasn't allowed to eat out and I wasn't allowed to have dessert. Absolutely hard nose on it. And me being like, I love being social. I love going out. I love having a chilly mug. I love enjoying time with my friends. And I do that with food. I do that to connect over a really delicious meal. Like that's what I love to do. It's one of my hobbies is food. And then for someone to tell me that I can't do that. Sure. At the time during the thing, cause I was so dedicated and so motivated. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to eat out. I'm just like, you know, go for a walk with my friends instead. All of the things. But at the end, I was fucking miserable so because I did all of this because I stuck to it I stuck it out for the 12 weeks and you know oh yeah well the 12 weeks is over and like I didn't eat out and I didn't eat dessert and of course because I did all of those things I was super rigid I was successful in losing weight I was successful in losing my goal but at the same time it absolutely destroyed my soul I now had this belief that I couldn't eat out because I was successful with my weight loss. That equals Laura can't eat out. So after that, anytime I went out to a restaurant, I was riddled with guilt, overthinking it. Oh my God, I can't eat here. Oh my God, the calories are going to make me fat. I had an unhealthy relationship with anything bad because I wasn't allowed to have dessert. I lost weight. So therefore I can't have dessert because I didn't, wasn't able to, have dessert when I lost the weight. So then guilt, shame, anytime I would eat chocolate or anything bad that, you know, outside of the plan made me feel terrible on the inside. Anyway, I got to the end of this and I was fucking miserable and still not happy because I still didn't look toned and lean. I looked skinny. I looked small and I looked weak. I was constantly thinking about food, trapped eating low calories. I didn't have my period. And for what? I was still so unhappy with my body. And this is where the moment fucking clicked for me. I was like, I don't need to lose any more weight. I need to focus on weight loss. I need to focus on body recomposition. I need to build some muscle. I need to have muscle on my body so that I look toned, that I look lean, that I look fit. And this is where my journey of increasing my calories started. So I found another coach. Of course, I was not doing this alone because I was fucking terrified, right? I found a coach and the way that I picked this coach was what she looked like. (laughs) 
I remember. She was ripped. She had so much muscle. She was a bodybuilder. So I was like, yeah, that's what she looks like. She's absolutely going to help me reach my goal. I should have looked at her credentials. I should have looked at, you know, her experience. I should have looked at her qualifications, not just her body. But that's the way that I picked her was simply, yeah, she looks like that. I'm going to, I want to look like that too. (laughs) Not saying that that's a bad way of picking it. I still think you need to have the education and you need to have the experience and know what you're doing in terms of like you having the transformation as well. But I definitely needed more than a personal trainer to help me where I was at. And I just didn't know that yet. So I found my second coach and this is where we got to increase my calories. I said to her, I was like, I don't have my period. I want to get it back, but I also want to build muscle. At this point in time, aesthetics was the main driver for me. That was my North Star. I was like, I want to be toned. I want to be fit. I want to have muscle and less fat. So, of course, that's what we did. We slowly started to increase my calories. But when I started to increase my calories, it was fucking terrifying. Week after week, she got me eating more. And because, again, poor little Loz wasn't able to speak her truth and be really honest with this coach, I was so afraid to tell her what was really going on behind the scenes in terms of my body checking significantly increased because I was so certain in that moment that more food was going to make me fat. I was constantly lifting up my shirt like every single time I would go to the toilet. Every single time I saw my reflection in the mirror, I would lift up my shirt and see what my stomach looked like. I was obsessed. I experienced really, really bad body image days, like triggers, meltdowns, like tears. I remember one day there's there's this one pair of shorts that I have and I had so much meaning behind these one pair of shorts. I was like, if these shorts fit me, yes, I'm killing it. If they feel loose and I'm like, yes, I'm succeeding. But if they feel tight, I'm absolutely failing. I'm absolutely getting fat. I'm absolutely going backwards. And I remember this one day where I put that pair of shorts on and they felt really tight. This was the time I was increasing my food. So I would say I was in a shame tornado. That's how hectic these triggers and meltdowns were like bawling my eyes out, like nothing could, you know, make me feel good about myself. Nothing could make me, you know, realize that this is actually what I needed. Poor Niels, always there just to comfort me in terms of you're not fat, you're beautiful and all of the things. But like, I never believed that. Of course, hindsight is a beautiful thing, right? Like I can sit here and unpack it being like, I know why the shorts felt tighter. It's because, you know, You get naturally bloated throughout your day as you eat more. You hold on to more water when you eat more carbohydrates or you hold on to more water in and around your period. Like now I've got so much self-awareness around my own cycle and I'm like, yeah, just after I finish my period, I feel ripped as like I feel lean. I feel really good. But the week leading up to my period, I feel like heavy and bloated and not very good. (laughs) So, But like at that moment, I didn't have that awareness. I didn't realize that. During this time of increasing my food, my energy levels were actually still low and I felt really lethargic. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I am increasing my food. Why am I feeling this way? And then, of course, I was still riddled with so much guilt. Guilt for eating certain foods. Guilt for eating chocolate, eating tacos, eating anything quote unquote bad, high carb, high fat. At this time, I was really, really grateful for this coach because she helped me a lot. Like she did help me increase my calories, but I knew that there was something missing. I knew that my problem was deeper than what I was getting help with. And this is when I kind of realized it is because, you know, I'm increasing my food, but I'm still getting all these fucking triggers and feeling so emotional and feeling so unsafe and uncertain about it all. And this is where I started listening to a specific podcast about getting your period back. And this really started shifting my perspective in terms of really making me understand that having a period was not actually healthy. For so long, I thought I was healthy. I was doing all the things. I exercised. 
I ate really clean. I, you know, did all the things. However, at the same time, I wasn't actually healthy because I didn't have my period. So as I started educating myself more about this, more and more, this is when I realized I was like, holy fuck, like you need to step back from this aesthetic goal and you need to actually step into this healthy version that of yourself that you are saying you are. Like that's not integrity. So this is when I ended things with the bodybuilder because I then wanted to switch my goal more towards health and getting my period back. And I know training five days in the gym as well as eating so much food was probably not going to get me there. So this is where this was the next phase of really challenging my belief system about eating more because I had to continue eating more and then I had to decrease my exercise. And I was like, fuck no, of course I'm not doing that. Undo everything I've done, undo everything I've just spent the last 26 years doing, I don't think so. (laughs) But because my North Star was in alignment with getting my period back, I slowly integrated change. Slowly. Because it's fucking hard. It's so hard emotionally. I had to give up tracking and I had to sit in the uncertainty of not knowing numbers and I had to learn how to build trust with my hunger and fullness cues and that was so terrifying. My hunger hormones were so out of whack because I had ignored them for three years of my life. I didn't know what it felt like to be hungry and I didn't know what it felt like to be full. So of course I did not trust myself. Plus, on top of this, my extreme hunger was so bad. This happens if you go through a period of under-eating and restriction. It's your body's natural response to get you back into that homeostasis. It drives up your appetite when you finally allow yourself to eat. So this in itself really challenged me again in terms of eating more. It was fucking so emotional. Again, meltdowns. I remember going out for dinner and we went out to Rice Boy. If you're on Sunny Coast, you know, really nice Asian fusion restaurant. And I ordered the tofu yellow curry and I ate it. And the curry's freaking big. (laughs) And I ate it and I ate all of it. I ate all the rice, all the curry. And then I sat there after it and I was thinking to myself, I was like, fuck, I could eat another one of these. I'm, I'm still hungry. And then I look around me and at my friends and my male friends and one of my male friends is huge and he's like finishing his curry and he's like, oh, I'm full. And I'm like, I sit there to myself and I'm like, how the fuck can I eat this whole curry and still be hungry and he not be? Right? Do you know what that did to me? (laughs) Right? You sit there and then you dwell on it when you're supposed to be there out for dinner, but internally you're sitting there and being like fuck i'm gonna get fat after that oh my god he's eating that and i'm eating this why do i eat so much and all of the running thought stories are just you know just running through your veins and it's just like you know you're stuck on a inside an elevator and you can't get out anyway so need to normalize that you know letting go of tracking calories fucking scary Learning how to trust yourself, learning how to trust your hunger and fullness cues is emotional. Learning how to let go of things needing to be perfect in a certain way is really, really hard. But the thing is, like, if I never went through any of this, it's like I would never be sitting here right now. So eventually this all evened out for me. And finally, I I learned what it felt like to be full. I understood, okay, I get it. This is what it feels like in the stomach. This is what it feels like in the body. This is what it feels like in the head. Okay, I get it. I understand now. Of course, it took time. It took a lot of emotional breakdowns. Um, but then what happened to me was then I had a new trigger of feeling full. Feeling full then became a trigger for me of eating too much. Like after I'd finish a meal, my tummy would feel full, my pants feeling t- like not tight, but like just full <laughs> and I feel satisfied. But then I was making that mean now that I had eaten too much because I spent the last three years not feeling that way because I was constantly under fueling. 
So what I made that mean was I'm going backwards. I'm eating too much. I'm getting fat. And this is the whole thing. And this was the biggest lesson that I learned through all of this. The reason why it was so hard emotionally for me, multiple meltdowns and tears of how I wasn't good enough or how I wasn't going to reach my body composition goals of my clothes, you know, not fitting me perfectly and right and what they used to fit like, not feeling confident and trying multiple outfits on and constantly telling myself that I have no clothes. The reason why that all of this was so emotional for me was because I was so afraid of what eating more would do to me and then what that meant about me. It was never about the food. It was about what I was making the food mean about myself. My deep rooted fear of getting fat, of fat phobia, and it absolutely is a real thing. And then what getting fat then meant for me. And that's the thing. I was never afraid of the actual being fat. I was afraid of what that meant. So for me, that meant that I would be ugly. That means people wouldn't find me attractive and ultimately I wouldn't be good enough. My whole identity was wrapped up in being the fit one, being the sporty one, like being good in the gym. Like that's where I got praise. That's where, you know, I felt good. That's where I felt enough. And all of a sudden, like all of this was taken away from me. I was like, who the fuck am I anyway? Who actually am I? And this is the biggest lesson I learned was because I was making weight gain equal fat gain. I was making eating more equals fat gain. And if I ate more, I would get fat. But ultimately, and I can sit here with pure evidence, that's absolutely not true. Because what increasing my calories actually meant was and I didn't realize this at the time, was that I would finally reach my 100 kilo hip thrust goal. I would finally be able to do a pull up. The biggest thing was actually finally able to build muscle and look toned, which meant that I could finally change my body composition in terms of building muscle and losing fat and finally actually being confident in my body. If I didn't eat more. If I didn't go through eating more, I would still be thinking about food all the time. I would still be in binge restrict cycles. I would still be riddled with guilt and shame. I wouldn't be able to go out with my friends and have a margarita absolutely guilt free. Not even the thought of food. I would still be addicted to exercise and needing to burn calories and work off my food and punish myself anytime I would eat something bad. And most importantly, I wouldn't feel like myself. I wouldn't be able to, you know, have the confidence that I do now. I wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast. I wouldn't be sitting in Amsterdam running my own online business if I didn't do this. And this is what I learned. And this is the thing, right? Like this is what self-sabotage is. We want something so bad but there is an undercurrent limiting belief that is holding us back from reaching it. And if I didn't transcend this whole idea that eating more was going to make me fat, then what would happen is I would increase my calories. I would do it for three weeks until I got triggered, until the pants didn't feel tight. Then I'd go back into my old ways of restricting and obsessing. This new sense of freedom I found was indescribable. Coming from a place where your life is revolved around what you can and can't eat, your mood is dictated by it, how you feel is based off what your body looks like, it's fucking tiring. And with all of that being said, it's like, yes, learning that I was operating from the deep-rooted fear of getting fat and needing to transcend that and actually realize what eating more actually meant is, you know, eating more actually means muscle and losing fat. And 
it actually just like it makes me think of a conversation that I had with a client yesterday. She went more than just eating more to maintenance. She went into a surplus, and one of the things she said to me, she was like, "I was afraid, but it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be." Because that's the thing. It's like when you eat more and even go into a surplus, you build muscle. So you actually get more shape to your body. Yes, you will gain fat on top of the muscle, but it's not as much as what people make it out to be. But with all of that being said, it's a really important lesson. Like, yes, learning to transcend this fat phobia and eating more equals weight gain, but Another really important lesson for me that was vital to my success was I needed both as I needed the nutritional education, plus I needed to build a healthy relationship with food, but most importantly, myself. If I didn't work on my self-worth, my self-acceptance, self-belief, self-respect at the same time that I was increasing my calories... I would have definitely gone back to restricting and overtraining. I truly believe that this piece is often forgotten when it comes to 12-week plan challenges. It's always focused on this is what you have to eat and this is how you have to train. But there is never a focus on self-love. There is never a focus on how you perceive yourself through the journey. Because how is a nutrition plan and an exercise plan ever going to help you if you continue to call yourself fat every single day? Or if your pants feel tight and then that leads to a meltdown and then you think that you've gained five kilos. Working on my body image stories and how I perceive myself through this whole journey was pivotal to my success. And this is where I joined another program that was designed to help me increase my sense of worth increasing my confidence and connection back to my feminine as you can see i'm a bit of a personal development junkie i love personal development and that's why my coaching style is so much more than just a nutrition and exercise plan (laughs) one of my clients i love her to bits she messaged me she was like i just love your advice it's just so much more than exercise and nutrition i'm like well yeah it's understanding why we do certain things, why we do what we do. And if we don't understand that, we're never going to be able to have full transformational change. So in all of that, what I truly learned was my internal had to change first. I was attaching my worth to that number on the scale, to a progress photo. But what I needed to do was I needed to learn how to detach it. I need to learn how to appreciate that I'm worthy now, regardless of what my body looks like, regardless of what the weight scale said. Without doing this, I would have been constantly still obsessed with the scale because I needed it. You know, it's like a dopamine hit, right? Like I wanted to see that scale go down to make myself feel good. But of course it had that other effect, right? Like if it went up, oh my God, my world is over. And then again, constantly sabotaging my goals. Another thing that really helped me was knowing my North Star and my purpose behind my goals. Because again, it's really easy to fall back into self-sabotaging behaviors when your North Star and your why behind your goal doesn't really mean anything. So after I went through all of this is that's when I deeply understood, like I needed to know why I'm setting my goals and How is that going to make me feel? And that's when I did move away from aesthetic goals. One of the main reasons why I moved away from aesthetic goals is because I was happy with my body. I didn't really necessarily want to change it anymore. I was like, yeah, I'm content. I don't really like I've built muscle. I'm at a good body fat percentage. I know how to maintain it. I'm just like living my life right now. Until recently is when I've really not set aesthetic goals, but I've more set performance, like real performance based goals. And understanding the my North Star in behind it is making them, it so much easier to follow through and stick to it. And that's this whole idea of being this fucking, going through my strong girl era. And that's because of how it freaking makes me feel. That makes me feel confident. You know, showing up for myself with my nutrition, my exercise, my self-talk, and of course, still having freedom with my food. So knowing my North Star and knowing your North Star behind your your goals and your purpose behind your goals is going to help you be able to stick to them 
because it's no longer about, you know, losing weight on the scale. It's deeper than that. It's, oh, I'm working towards this version of myself who's fucking confident, fucking powerful and can really, you know, reach anything that she wants to. The next thing that was really important for me that I had to learn was I had to fucking let go of being perfect. I had to let go of the need for control because for me, these were deeply rooted in stemming from the fear of failing. Eating more is really hard, especially if you have perfectionism traits, because you want everything to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it's wrong. It's bad. And that's this whole thing, right, of increasing your calories. You don't know what's going to happen. You have letting go of tracking is, oh, my God, you don't know if it's going to be perfect. So it's really hard to stay in your own power. Don't give your power away to it. My ego does not like to be bad at something. This is something I'm constantly still working on. But because of that, it was you really pulling me back from trying new things and, you know, really being able to find this sense of food freedom and this being able to fuel my body correctly because, you know, still operating from that fear of I eat more, I get fat, and therefore I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. And that's the thing. It's like how we do one thing in life is how we do everything. And it was really important. Like I was able to reflect on all areas of my life and I'm like, oh, I'm doing that in my business now. Oh, I'm doing that in my personal life. Oh, I'm doing that in my friendship. So really being able to let go of perfectionism, needing control has been huge and pivotal to my growth because I've been able to handle so much more emotionally. And as my business coach says, is your business will only ever grow to the level of problems that you can handle. And that goes for everything in life. You're only ever going to be able to grow with your nutrition and exercise to the amount of problems that you're able to handle. And if you're constantly still stressing about every single little calorie, forget about growth because you, all your energy is going to be fixated on that little problem. So forget about being able to expand. And this is it, like this perfectionism and this need of control was the big driver behind the obsession of the food, of needing to be in control of what my body looked like. Because at the end of the day, letting go of my perfectionism and letting go of my need for control, my body still looks good. Doesn't actually affect it by like, you know, focusing on and concentrating so much in your mind when we're able to let all those feelings go and still get the result. So like going through that period of time after I increased my calories, that emotional whirlwind, I sat at maintenance calories for a really long period of time. I then wanted to speak to also last year, I think it was, anyway, it was when I was in Bali, I decided that I wanted to go into a surplus. I was fucking excited about it. I was like, yes, I've got this, all the things. So I looked for another coach and I found her amazing, really grateful for her. She taught me so much, but my old stories came back and I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. What the fuck is going on here? This is something that I thought I had fully transcended and fully let go of, but evidently I hadn't. This surplus really triggered the constant fixation on calories again, the constant fixation and the fear of, holy shit, I'm eating too much. When my actual goals were, I needed to eat more because I wanted to be in a surplus, but that part of me that was still deeply rooted, afraid, who was afraid, was preventing me from doing that right you have to think about it it's like you have this one goal i want to build muscle i want to end a surplus and then you've still got these limiting beliefs of oh no you can't anymore you're gonna get fat and if you get fat then no one's gonna love you and all the things so that is self-sabotage and i'm really really grateful for this experience that i did because then i was able these things were able to be uprooted and i was like shit like i haven't let this go i actually haven't fully let it all go and this was an opportunity for me to step into my power and be like, no, fuck, this is what I want to do. I want to build muscle and I'm going to do this. And that's exactly what I did. I had the choice. I could easily go back into my old ways of thinking and old ways of being, or I can step into my power and being like, no, eating more is not going to make me fat. Eating more is going to help me build muscle. And that's what I want. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm going to listen to. 
And now I can look at it as like, I love having a emotional response and a trigger like this. Sure. I don't fucking love it at the time because it fucking sucks. But when you can start utilizing your triggers in terms of like what you haven't learned yet about you and what really you need to work on and what you still need to transcend, that is how you grow. That is how you become a next level version of yourself. Like something else that my business coach says is like often after every breakdown, there is a breakthrough, right? You can choose to just ignore it and just keep living your life or you can decide to reflect on it and understand why it happened so that you can really let the fucking shit go. So like I said, I'm fucking grateful for this experience because it taught me a lot still about my body image issues that I still had going on. I was then able to sit with myself and understand and unpack everything. I had a session with my hypnotherapist as well. She really helped me in this time just to understand more about myself. And like, like that's why I love coaching because you don't know what you don't know. And that's why I always reach out for help when I'm like, you know, deeply rooted in something that I'm just so unaware of. So then we, she was able to help me with that. And then I was able to really let it all go. So that's just it, guys. Eating more. Yeah, cool. Eat more. It's fucking easy. Lol jokes. It's not easy and it's fucking hard. So my key takeaways for you guys is that if your goal is to lose fat and build muscle and you know you have to increase your calories to get there, you know you have to build muscle and in order to build muscle, we need to not be in a calorie deficit. I really recommend exploring the relationship with you have with yourself at exactly the same time. Working on your own self-worth, working on self-respect, self-belief, working on, you know, building your worth away from what you look like and achievements that you might do or like, you know, succeeding in a certain thing is we are worthy from the minute we're fucking born. Meaning that we came out of our mama. We were worthy. And that's what we have to learn and realize. Having a regular journal practice, let me know. I think I'm going to do a whole episode about journaling because I fucking love it and it's changed my life. And it's people, I really think that people need to learn how to utilize it properly. But having a regular journaling practice and checking in with yourself every single day and simple, you can just start with the one journal prompt with like, how am I actually feeling? Or, A really good one is like when you eat something, for example, and then you feel guilt and shame or you feel like you've done something wrong, that's a perfect experience to bring to your journal and being like, why am I feeling guilty right now? What am I making this mean? The second big takeaway, and you've probably noticed this throughout my whole story, is I always have support, always have a coach, always have someone to rely on. And the biggest thing, my biggest tip here is make sure you connect with them. (laughs) Make sure you can trust them. Make sure that you mesh with them because there is nothing worse being in a coaching relationship where you cannot be honest. The support of having someone in your corner, someone to ask a question, someone to tell that you're having a bad day can absolutely be so transformational because you feel so held and you feel so supported. Investing in yourself can be fucking terrifying, But hand over heart, and I know it's easy for me to say because I'm here now and I've done it, but it's this whole idea of like you really don't know until you know. And I didn't know what it was like to have a coach and a mentor until I had one. And now I will never go without one. Next takeaway is reflect on your relationship with your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself every single day? Do you wake up and say something positive or are you first to jump down the, oh, you don't look good today. Oh, you need to be good today. Oh, you need to eat clean today. Because the way we speak to ourselves is setting up our mood, is setting up how we feel, feel about ourselves. And then most importantly, like how we're showing up in the world. Next, I want you to reflect. Another big takeaway is reflect on your relationship with body checking and weighing yourself every day. If it's not supportive on your journey, you absolutely do not have to do it. Like look at all the evidence around you of people that are not weighing themselves every single day and look fit and toned as fuck, right? And that's the thing. It's like weighing ourselves constantly is why we're, what's, what's the, why are we doing it? Most of the time it's, we're afraid of it going up and what the scale going up means about ourselves. It's got nothing to do with the scale. It's got everything to do with 
an increase in the number means, you know, I'm fat, <laughs> going up a dress size, all of the things. So you don't have to be doing that every single day in order to see results. Like I don't use the scale with some of my clients, some I do. It's just a tool in the tool belt to measure progress. And if it's the only measure of progress that you're currently doing, I suggest you switch your measure of progress. And then lastly is reflect on your relationship with calorie counting. Is it helpful? Is it harmful? Because like at the end of the day, you don't have to calorie count, especially if you've calorie counted before and you've got a good understanding of, you know, how to balance a plate at your maintenance calories, how much protein you need, carbs and fats to fill up your plate. You absolutely don't need to calorie count, but you, especially if it's causing so much emotional turmoil, feeling guilt, feeling shame, going out, oh my God, I can't track the calories, all of the things, then it's a really good opportunity to reflect on your relationship with tracking calories. Some of my clients track and some of they don't, and that's perfect for them, right? And it's, you have to find what works for you. And like, you have to be honest with yourself. If tracking is causing you so much emotional turmoil, maybe you need to learn how to give up control, give up perfectionism, and then learn how to do it without it. So my loves, that is my story of increasing my calories. I really hope it did give you a little bit of insight into what it's really like to increase your calories for me anyway, right? And this is the thing, guys, like this is my own journey and this might not absolutely resonate with you. You might be able to just increase your calories and go into a calorie surplus and be so confident in that. And I absolutely love that for you, right? And this is the thing, there is no right or wrong. And this is this comparison piece. It's like, you don't have to sit there and compare yourself to me and my journey because we're not the same person. We didn't grow up the same. We didn't learn the same things. So what I experience is not necessarily what you're going to experience. However, the reason why I'm sharing my story is so that like if you are struggling with eating more, gives you a little bit of insight to like, yeah, I struggled too. And there are so many people that are also struggling with it. So know that you're absolutely not alone. So my loves, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm super excited about what's coming up. Um, I've got a couple exciting episodes coming for you guys that are really going to help. But until then, thank you for being here. I love you always. And I'll be in your ears next week. Bye. The number one challenge that all my clients face before we start working together is a lack of clarity on how much and what to eat to lose weight. Often they are making two huge mistakes, constantly trying to skip meals or eat under 1600 calories. Secondly, only allowing themselves bad foods like chocolate on the weekend, but end up binging all to tell themselves they're going to start again on Monday. If you feel like you have tried every diet under the sun and still can't figure out what to eat to achieve your weight loss goals, take my free two minute quiz. You can find the link in the show notes down below and it will help you figure out exactly what you're doing wrong with your nutrition and exercise and exactly what to do to fix it so that you can finally be confident in your body and achieve your weight loss goals.